Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. I'm Neil. Hi, I'm Libby. Hi, Libs. Hi, Neil B. Are you up the country? I'm up in the country. You know, we keep, we farm fit. And there's a lot, <laughs> it's kind of like more work than, than babysitting. But um, Lauren's parents go on a 10-day adventure every year. And so we're up here in Round Top tending to the horses. They have two big horses and two miniature horses, Scarlet and Charlotte. <laughs> That's not even a joke. <laughs> and then we they have a dog and our pup is up here and there's a barn cat and there's, you know, gardens and so we're just up here. It hasn't been, you know, as relaxing as we hope because we've just been nonstop crazy busy, but we're, we're sleeping in a little later and enjoying, you know, looking out into some acreage. Well, yes, not, and at Charlotte and Scarlett. <laughs> I will post a picture of Charlotte and Scarlett. And, you like, have to. they're ridiculous, and they kind of can't be bothered with, like, feeding or anything. They just are totally on their own schedule and do their own thing, and they're pretty cute. That's adorable. So you, yeah, I, I'm how in good, H- then? good. I'm in Tell Houston. Tell me about Passion for Fashion Luncheon. Oh, you, that post, was... you, co- you emceed it Tuesday? Yes, mm-hmm. Yes, and it was great. Ruben Singer, my friend, fashion designer, who's New York-based, was here. Brilliant designer. And we had a blast. We had a great luncheon. I have no idea how much money was raised for scholarships for Houston Community College, but uh, from the the crowd that was there that day, I'm pretty sure a lot. I'm pretty sure a lot looking at the guest list, and I know that you helped bring that number up as you always do oh well courtney hobson and elizabeth peterson co-chaired it and melissa midhoff was honored so i'm sure the cash registers were ringing ringing those girls kind of know what they're doing <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. they know how to give back and they're super generous when it comes time to do that and so i'm in houston us. and you're in round top texas Population and um, 90? population 90 and 88 when you and Lauren aren't there. Correct. <laughs> but guess what? We have our guest today is uh, in New York City. And that That's would be right. that would be one of the super of the supermodels, Veronica Webb. Hi, Veronica. Hi, Neil Z. Hi, Libby. So, yeah. I'm- Hi, Veronica. We're so happy to have you. Indeed. I'm so happy to have you, too. I'm so happy to meet you, Libby. Um, Neil is an old, old friend of mine, near and dear to my heart in every way. Oh, same. Um, yeah. Um, and I was really excited to hear that Neil has a podcast and excited to hear that you are actually a person, Libby, and not a puppy because, <laughs> you know, Neil always has a great puppy that's a sidekick. And I thought, all right, well, I'll try to figure he out does. how to podcast. But, you know. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the call that he's figured out how to translate the puppy thoughts and barks into words and I'll be out so <laughs> I'm all good with that I understand but for now it true. is a human and Veronica we're so happy to have you we really are thank you thank you thank you so much so yeah I'm really proud of you too Neil that you're stepping you. into this new digital economy um, thank you and you too Libby I guess you're a grown-up like us right mm-hmm. we're fierce and 50 and moving it along um right and uh, I started a blog like a year ago because I wanted to be part of the digital economy. 
uh, it's called RevOnTheFly.com, where I talk about, you know, all my passionate pursuits, food, fashion, fitness, family, and now increasingly finance because, you know, the economy is changing so much that we, and we got to move with it even though we're not digital natives. Right. It, there's been so, a bit of a learning curve, to say the there least. There sure has. Yeah. Yeah. But Is it that called Web on the Fly? Yep. W E B B, like my last name, two web. Huh? So catch W. So, so catch that second B. It's W E B B on the Fly. Web on the uh, Fly, kids. Oh. It's a really, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, it's really beautiful. It's really informative, really just first class, and that is just everything Veronica does is done in As that way. As you have said over and over, and I can't wait to hear more about y'all and where, like, yeah. how did you two meet, obviously, in the modeling industry, but, like, when and where, and tell us a little bit about your friendship backstory. Uh, well, Neil um, was the president, of, the vice president of Ford Models. Um, when you came, yep. Yeah. When you were there, under the legendary Eileen Ford and her hu- and her wonderful dear husband Jerry Ford, and worked alongside all of Katie's children, um, Eileen's children, Katie and Billy, and um, it was you know it was a really special time in the modeling industry, and um, you know it was when magazines were magazines and and supermodels were supermodels, and. Right. There was, and then there was just this huge crop of design talent from Gautier to Come de Garçon to Azadine Alaya to Terry Mugler to, uh, to Calvin Klein to Todd Oldham, who's a Texan, who I love. Right. Um, Isaac. And, yep, yeah, Isaac Mizrahi, Mark Jacobs, like all these people were out at once, you know, having these huge careers. Um, Shadow Ralph Rucci, amazing yep. designer, uh, um, and all eyes were on fashion. And here was little old Neil from little old Texas <laughs> um, with, a, with a big old portfolio of life experience. You know, uh, Neil really, I, I love Neil's story. I mean, I know we're supposed to be talking about me, but I can't help talking about Neil because I, I love him so much and he's done so much for me. Uh, Neil started at the at really at the very bottom of the fashion industry and worked his way up to the absolute top. Um, Thank you. And you know, I love an entrepreneur uh, because that's so American. Um, that's that's the essence of what we're really all about. And um, you know, Neil was just this really fun, unflappable, warm, <laughs> gregarious. Um, get her done. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, Texas. You know, Texas kind of character. You know, cowboy sure. in the middle of all stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And <sighs> you know, I just you know, I just loved him because he's so professional and so lighthearted at the same time. Thank you. I will never forget the day I met Veronica. She, I was. At my desk at Ford and the women's division, there were like 36 agents on one huge table. And we all sat just inches away from each other with phones and computers. And um, in walks Veronica. Oh, yeah, we had computers then? It wasn't, we it, did. It wasn't back in the pioneer days? Well, we did. <laughs> we, 
<laughs> oh God! Well, well, we didn't have email. Uh, we still had the telex machine right. in Eileen's office, and we did That's have a to telex s- machine. Oh. That was the original fact. <laughs> Yes. Okay, 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 okay. See, Neil, that's not a crazy question. No, it isn't a crazy question. 90% of the people who listen to our show are not going to know what a telex machine is, but it was. <laughs> it was, it was, and, we still, and we still had dumb phones. Yes, we did. We did not have handheld uh, anything. No, we didn't have smartphones. We had dumb phones. We had no, dumb we phones. Had, oh, got it, dumb phones. But Veronica walked yep. in, and I was like, oh my God, there is Veronica Webb, somebody. I may need CPR. She is even more beautiful <laughs> in person. And then she just, Veronica just walked right up to me and said hi. And I was like, well, hello to you. And her agent. <laughs> I said to myself, who's the smart one around here? <laughs> who's going to get some money? Right? And <laughs> so, for real. And you know, Veronica um, really was way out in. Uh, in front of the whole pack. I mean, she had Revlon contract, a Victoria's Secret contract. I mean, her star no, was... No, I never, I never had a VS contract, Neil, but I, I, I did walk the runway for them And frequently. you did a ton of their campaigns and, and, mm-hmm. and catalogs. And this is when Victoria's Secret was really... had just sort of exploded and became Victoria's Secret, which Veronica helped that happen. And she also... Well, you know I was in their first show. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah, Veronica's career was, was moving oh, yeah, always one of the when you guys met. Yes, all, always one of the most sought-after runway models. The designers loved her because she's easy to fit. And she knew how to walk and move, and she understood fashion, what clothes meant, what how how best to show them. And, you know, she learned from the best, and that would be as a Dean Alaya. Well, you know, I have to say, like, um, it's really nice of you, Deal, to say that I was easy to fit. But I'm not actually the easiest model to fit um, <laughs> because I'm, you know, I'm kind of curvier than most people are who are on the runway. Um, but, you know, there's one thing that, you know, I learned by... You know, being somebody who's not um, of a body type that really easily or naturally conforms to a runway body type. Like, my upper body is really, you know, kind of thin. I have, like, long, thin arms. Yes, you do. But, you know, I have, like, you know, I have a behind and I have, like, you know, and I have legs that are really muscular because I run and I roller skate and I work out. Um, That... um, Anybody can wear anything. They just have to find the right way to wear it. And, you know, very often um, I would have to, you know, I would have to negotiate with designers really to get my place on the runway because um, I wasn't the easiest person to fit. And that requires a little bit more work and a little bit more imagination. Um, But, um, and that's why, and that's part of the reason why I talk a lot in my blog about um, finding, you know, finding your best assets, finding, you know, the part of your body that you think is fantastic, finding a way to wear, you know, wear things so that you always feel good and that clothes give you more confidence rather than less confidence. Right, because that's uh, 
a good source of, of self esteem and, and feeling good is when you look good, you feel good. And I was going to ask you if you talk about this on your blog, because that's great information that you have. That's very unique to you. And, um, your experience in that area, uh, and in the beauty area as well. I mean, you, you are a true fashion expert and you are a true beauty expert uh, because you've lived that life. And you also sold a lot of beauty products for Ron Perlman at Revlon. Yeah, you know, and beauty for me is something that was really exciting because when I grew up, um, there, were, there were so many rules for women of color. Like you couldn't wear red lipstick and... Um, you know, it was intimidating to go to a lot of um, makeup counters because there weren't shade ranges that worked for women who had darker skins. Uh-huh. And so, for me, like to be the first to be the first person of color to have a cosmetics contract and say, you know, um, we're now being, you know, we're now being recognized um, across the board by every mass market um, beauty company and. Uh, cosmetics are being made for us, and here's all these different ways that you can wear them and all these different things that you can buy. That was really exciting for me. Um, That's incredible. About what year was that when you signed your Revlon contract? 1990. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. And I guess, I mean, you know, that's something that's so true because I think before 90, as you're saying, there weren't, there, there wasn't the variety that there is today. And now everyone's on board, obviously. Um, and it's such a, it's, that's just remarkable that you were the first, you're saying, woman of color with a contract for a cosmetics company. And a major cosmetics company, like Revlon. Yeah, right? Revlon. And you know, uh, Veronica, Libby has a business called MyPageBoy.com. So she's in the beauty business. Um, they Get, have hair and makeup artists who go to people's homes and do them for events or whatever. And yeah, we're kind of like Uber for beauty. We're an on-location hair and makeup company. and um, So I know a little bit about it, but um, well, it's, from a different, that, it's, it's a different world. Girl, I know you know a lot about it. I love, <laughs> that's, one of the, that's one of the best things that I love about, you know, the, the digital world is that you can get everything bought to your doorstep, which mm-hmm. makes everyone feel like a king and a queen or a movie star. Right. Or a like, I want and everything, and I want it delivered. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, I, and I want to do it in the comfort of my own home. Like, you know, I want to be able to sit here and get my hair and nails done and scream at my kids while I'm doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to take them to a salon and scream at them. I want to do it here at my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to have to take him to a salon and, like, beat them outside before we go in. Now, that is not... Um, Veronica Webb, you are a phenomenal mother, and you would never raise a hand to your child or even yell at them. I know how much you love those kids and how much they love you, and you've done a great job parenting, I have to say. Well, you know, they always have to feel like you might do it. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, no, that's the only way, you know, that you can keep that's it. That's a good way to put it. You know, <laughs> a little fear. How many kids do you have, two? My, my husband and I have four. Um, okay, wow. Girl 15, another girl 14, and another girl. Molly's going to be 13 next week, Neil. Oi. Wait, you right? have 13, 14, and 15-year-old? And 17. And 17? Whew. 
Wow. That's a lot of teenage energy in that household. Wow. By the way, Veronica's married to a fabulous guy, Chris Delgado, who is super important uh, man in the in the jewel, fine jewelry industry, a true expert, and a super cool guy. I love this guy. Oh, thank you. He's a great guy. Um, you know, and we both really support each other a lot in our businesses. Um, you know, Chris is the largest buyer of diamonds, watches, and jewelry on the secondary market. And, oh, wow. you know, yeah, you know, because we all have things, you know, we all have things that, you know, maybe, maybe if they've lost their meaning, like a watch or a ring or a bracelet or a necklace that you've gotten, but they haven't lost their value. You know, if you bought the thing from Cartier or Tiffany or somewhere like that, you want to have the same experience when you resell it as you did when you bought it and also get the same value when you sure. resell it as when you bought it. So, you know, that's what his company does. And it's been enormously, you know, helpful to myself and a lot of different women. Um, just even in terms of, you know, if you want to make a move as an entrepreneur and you have you know, a bracelet or a watch that's sitting in the drawer and it's, you know, really a liability because you have to insure it, you're not wearing it, you don't want to lose it, um, you know, and you can take that and you can transform it into a business asset. Like I have one friend who started a cosmetics line um, with with the sales and jewelry that she had. Um, wow. You know, recently there was a watch that I wasn't wearing anymore and... Um, I resold it through Delgado, my husband's company, and, um, you know, was able to, to put some really nice technical bells and whistles onto my website that way. How oh, cool wow. is that? This is good to know because Lauren's entire family is, I mean, I would, a watch hoarder isn't the nicest way, but it's, it's, it's a little it's go out of hand. So this is good <laughs> to know. <laughs> um Veronica, you touched on a little bit before um, earlier in the podcast about kind of when models were models, and I'd love to hear your take on today's model culture versus kind of like, you know, you guys in the 90s, like the real true blue supermodels, and just, you know, the difference in how they're discovered and the difference in how they're portrayed and the difference in maybe what they, I mean, the whole thing, you know. Libby, I want to be really clear. Like, when I say when models were models, it was because it was really kind of the beginning of an era in modeling when models became um, superstars. And there was a crop of models who were superstars. Because right. before that, you know, there was this really Cheryl Teague. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And, you know, we had more magazines. We had more outlets. We had CNN. um Mm-hmm. And style on CNN, which brought us into everyone's living rooms and right. then MTV, mm-hmm. you know, yes. cable. And so there was like, you know, there was, we, we just had a lot more exposure. And it was the first era of that kind of really massive, massive exposure for models. Mm-hmm. So, like, the girls who are out today, like, Joan Smalls is a supermodel. Bella Hadid is a supermodel. Gigi Hadid is a supermodel. Um, you know, make no mistake, you know, these girls sure. are prestigious, they're professional, they deserve their place, um, you know, they worked hard for it, and, 
I mean, a lot of times I hear people saying, well, you know, these girls are just, you know, it's, it's all about social media and this and that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think social media is great. I think that social media gives um, a lot more people a fair chance. And, you know, when I think about if I had had that at the beginning of my career and been able to create, you know, and, and demonstrate measurably my organic following, my real following that I had, mm-hmm. um, I think my career would have gone, like, a lot faster. And I think it's, I think, like, the Internet for women, especially in business, removes so many barriers to entry and so many barriers to sustaining your career because, you know, I mean, let's be honest, like when you're over, when you're over 30, the amount of bookings that you get as a model decreases dramatically and it does decade by decade. And, you know, when you get to be 50, um, you know, right now pick up like you know, four or five magazines and a newspaper and tell me how many women, you know, 50 plus, who you see um, being portrayed as, um, you know, a symbol of aspirational beauty and style. Yeah. You know, it's not many. So, you know, for me, um, social media and this new era of people being able to... um, present and publish and express themselves is fantastic. Um, and they have a little bit of control over their own messaging, um, which can be a good and a bad thing sometimes. If this yeah, exists... Well, you know, like I always tell my kids, I want you, you know, I can, you know, I can tell you what I think. I can tell you what um, I think is right, but your life and your mistakes as well as your successes have to be yours and owned by you. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Had mm-hmm. had we had social media when Veronica as Veronica's saying, she would have ruled the world even to farther reaches of the planet because of the fact that she's so smart and this is something I've always been very proud of about Veronica is there's no one in the business that will not tell you Veronica is is and always has been the brain. She is the smartest, most intelligent, most tuned in, switched on of all the supers. And I, that is something that I really love about about her, you, Veronica. Um, uh, you can have a conversation with her about anything. I mean, she's very well read. She knows what's going on in the world. And But if she had been able to put her personal voice out there like the kids can now... It would have been an absolute treat because I got to hear it and her right. friends and family got to hear it. But man, I'm sure you still hear it in your sleep, dude. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> when, yes. I do. <laughs> I do hear it in my sleep. And it's those are when I'm having the best and happiest dreams. But um, and another thing about Veronica was always extremely professional. You know, it was easy managing her because um she was she never missed airplanes and she never missed bookings and she if if she was everywhere she was supposed to be when she was supposed to be there and she was always pleasant and friendly and warm and and it's why a number of really awesome designers super talented major household names fell in love with her and are 
like family to her to this day, like Isaac Mizrahi, who's like, you're still your best friend, basically, right? Yes, my Isaac, he's like you, Neil. We talk all the time. We keep in touch. We know each other's family. I love him. What was that show he had for a minute? Um, It was probably 10 years ago. His talk show? Yes, the talk show. And he had certain guests on. There would always be kind of a fashion piece. I watched that religiously. I don't know if it was on... E or the Dial Network or something. Anyway, I, I just adore him. I could listen to him talk all day long. Yeah. He's hysterical. So funny. One of the funniest people. And also sees the world, the fa- world of fashion, uh, sort of lightheartedly like Veronica does and like I did. And you just can't, you just can't, um, you just can't get weighed down in and, and start uh, putting all your self-worth and self-esteem into and certainly not for models you cannot do that um someone when i posted uh this morning veronica that you were going to be on the show today someone uh on facebook wrote um you know she has really not aged she still is as beautiful as ever and i wrote well that's because happiness and that's because she is um from and of the greater good she's not you know she's not a mean person and she's not insecure and twisted up in her head and and veronica you and i have seen so many people lose it because it's a tough business and it is all about how you look and and it's it's sad to see how it it warps some people uh, in in really negative ways and turns nice girls into not so nice girls. But you have always been nice and people respect you. Um, but you survived in 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 many ways during some of the toughest years of the business because you were one of the trailblazers. Well, you know, modeling is modeling is not it's 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 not an easy business spiritually. And, you know, part of it is, is because, um, you're always, you're always, it's, you're always being compared to other women and you're always being compared to your peers and your friends. And well, they liked her, but they didn't book her because, um, you know, your legs are a little bit longer or, you know, or or they booked her and not you because her chest is a little bit bigger. Um, they booked you because they didn't have to pay you so much because your skin's a little bit darker. So, you know, there's always something that you're hearing that makes you compare yourself to someone else in a negative way. Not in an aspirational way, but in an envious way. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Fashion is a tough business because it's always about what's new and what's next. And so as a model and or or even as a designer, right? Yes. It's always about who's, you know, who's the next newest hottest model, who's the next newest hottest designer. Right. Um, and so, you know, in terms of being like if you're a doctor or if you're um, you know, a baker you get to, you know, you get to kind of, you get to, you, you get to practice and mature in your business in a way that you don't in modeling. 
And the competition, like, you know, and the competition is not empirical or evidence-based like it is Mm -hmm. in, say, sports where, you know, you either you win the game or you don't. Either you perform on the field or you don't. And that's... Mm -hmm. And you can go back and, like, improve and figure out what happened. Like, it it seems very personal for what you all did um, because you're talking about your physical self, which is something that's totally part of you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, you know, I love fashion and I love clothes and I'm passionate about design and I love the creative process of fashion. To me, that's the most exciting part about it is like you're in the studio and you see everything first. Like you see designers making sketches. You see someone you know, pull out a brand new beauty product and apply it and do it for the first time. And, you know, you're an eyewitness to what's new and what's now and what's next. That's really exciting. Um, You know, and then being in front of the camera and having an idea that everyone works together and makes it come to life, that's really exciting. Um, One of my favorite things about having having the blog is that, um, you know, I get to be the boss. Hashtag girl boss. And I get to bring <laughs> a bunch of creative people together and, and, and we work together. And, you know, my whole ethos and my whole message is, you know, as women, what we have is great. And, you know, we need to be maximizing on everything that we have that's great. And it's about getting 110% out of everything you have every day. Because, one, all you have is today. And, two, all you got is what you got. So you got to make it work. Well, you're a natural leader. So women and men are going to follow you because, uh, you know, like I said, you're extremely intelligent. You always have great ideas. You always are, you've always been able to really take something and make it better, take something and enhance it. And um, all your experience that you're sharing. Uh, on your blog and what's happening now as you said and what's new and next is it's a it's a gift that you're giving millions of people because um, you have the unique experience but you have a very unique way of expressing it and sharing it that people can understand and it's still spoken with authority and with uh, conviction but kindness and with really uh, a, an effort to uh, here's what I know, and uh, I'm sharing it so you can use it or not use it, but it, I'm, I want everyone to be the best that they can be in their highest self, which is how you've approached everything. I mean, tell our listener, you're from Detroit, Michigan. You've come, you have spanned in your short life just tremendous territory. I mean, you know, Lydia, I'm sure you know this because you know Neil really well. Um, Neil's a mama's boy, and I'm a mama's girl. <laughs> and <laughs> I think, Love that. And I think part of the reason why both of us are um, have been so successful and been um, able to, to share what we have in the way that we do is because of, you know, the lessons that our mothers taught us. And the cheerleading that, which you never should underestimate the value of cheerleading. Ever. Um, you know, <laughs> yep, the kind of cheerleading that our mothers gave to us all, all of our lives. Um, yeah. You know, I am extremely proud of my background. I was, um, 
both my parents were uh, in the military. They met after um, they had both served in World War II in Korea. So they married late in life. Um, my dad um, was like 65 when I was born. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And he had come from Columbus, Georgia. Um, my dad was born um, in 1907, and he was a sharecropper. My mother was born on a farm in Ohio. And then they both um, went to the service so that they could um, go to college. My father became an electrician. My mother was a nurse. Um, I grew up in downtown Detroit uh, in a neighborhood that was utterly fantastic before the riots and not so fantastic afterwards. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, and my parents worked tremendously hard in every capacity that they possibly could, you know, two jobs, continuing education, you know, going to college, like, in their 50s and 60s to get more degrees so that they could make a little bit more money. Um, And they did all this to just give my sisters and I the incredible privilege of being able to have dreams. Phenomenal. And your sisters did very, very well as Yep. Um, one of my sisters is a retired educator for um, the Detroit Public School System. She designed math curriculums for Title I schools, which are underfunded Wow. Schools, um, in order to bring kids up to grade level um, so that they could graduate and move on so that you didn't have to be like 15 in the seventh grade. Um, right. I could have really used her. We know on the show I have a little bit of a math, like, slow learning curve. So I'm, I'm, I might need to still get in touch with her. <laughs> well, I can, I can hook the two of you up. And my other sister is an oncologist. Um, and she practices in Detroit. And both my sisters are now in seminary school because they're looking, as, you know, I am to my next career. Um, you know, they both want to... Um, pursue a career in, in the ministry. Amazing. Right? And that's, that's a lot that we got from our mom. You know, I mean, our parents really taught us that it's never too late to do something, try something, or become something. Superb. Superb. Yeah, all you need to do is get started. That's it. And Veronica, you got Everybody started because started. somebody discovered you in a shop, right? In Soho. Billy Ford. Oh, Bill. Oh, my uh, God. Okay. Yeah, I didn't end up like going to Bill Cunningham because, because I underestimated myself and I was too, you know, I was too scared to go into Ford because I didn't think that I looked like anybody who could be at Ford. Um, and so I started with, well, I mean, and I hadn't had exposure to European magazines and stuff like that, and I didn't realize that, you know, people who looked like me were starting to be, you know, featured in magazines and on covers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I certainly didn't, you know, compare myself to someone like Pat Cleveland, who is very much my type. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, Billy Ford. I was a cashier at, um, at a home design store in Soho. And one day, um, the lead hairdresser for Chanel came in, and um, another makeup artist who was incredibly successful during that era came in, and Billy Ford came in, and they all told me, oh, my gosh, you should model. 
And even though that was a dream of mine, um, I just didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it was something that my mother steered me away from, you know, very seriously. Sure. And I'm I think sure, that yeah. she was... Yeah, and I think that she was right to do it because um, I think it can be very, very hard on a young girl um, to before you know her opinion of herself and her life is formed and while your body is still changing right to listen, to have to you know to have to listen to other people's criticisms about the way you look and what you weigh and what your hair is like and all that other kind of stuff I mean that's it's it's pretty tough and I'm not against it you know for people who you know really need to change their circumstances it's a fantastic way out um, of a situation if right. you happen to be, you know, lucky enough to hit it just right and the stars align. Um, but what, and, and if you're, and, and if you're smart enough to keep your eyes open and realize that you can get into so many different careers through modeling that, you know, fashion touches almost everything and opens a lot of doors. It does. Um, so it does. And you were smart enough to, recognized the doors you wanted to walk through and knew what to do when you went through that threshold, which is, again, you know, has to do with you being really super intelligent and switched on and, and being able to see, Oh, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to go and, and I'm going to develop some skills to do this. You know, like when you started being on television uh, and and speaking uh, to camera, you know, it's a different thing. And models, when you're, you know, back in that particular moment, you, as you have said, the cameras were now not only just taking stills, but now it's Elsa Clinch and 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 all of that. Yeah, the cameras were rolling. The yes. cameras were rolling, sister. Yes, they were. And you know, you could t- <laughs> actually look to camera and speak. And I won't say her name, but there was a girl that. Um, I put under contract with uh, Victoria's Secret, who had such terrible English. Uh, she's not American, and she just was so lazy. She just would not care to learn it. And and the president of the company would call me and say, "Okay, you have got to help me here. Our PR team are so frustrated because she cannot. We can't put her out there and and get her to talk." to the cameras because no one can understand a word she says and then she doesn't know what to say so we and I, you know what I just never could ever get her over that big hurdle um, but, but that, you know I could tell you Neil like everybody has something that they have to, to overcome. overcome yes and, and she just you know, didn't bother remember like sometimes you know because I'm from Detroit and my parents come from a southern background my dad's from um Georgia, my mother's family is from Ohio via, you know, via Louisiana, Louisville, like that. So everything I ate growing up was baptized in deep fat. <laughs> and that is my favorite kind of food. Fried chicken. Oh, yeah. Barbecue. Mm-hmm. bread, You know, pecan pie, sweet potato pie. You know exactly what I'm talking about. French fries. Like, when I die, I hope they put French fries, you know, in the casket or <laughs> in my ashes. Um, and, you know, you remember holding my hand crying because sometimes I would get, you know, um, I would get canceled from Victoria's Secret because I had gained too much weight. Mm-hmm. And, ev- you know, they always gave me another chance. But everyone has some kind of discipline thing. 
you know, that holds them back. And for me, it was always like, you know, for me, it was always like a nutrition thing. And, you know, and, you know, not knowing, you know, not understanding why, you know, um, rolls and butter and a cinnamon bun and fried chicken <laughs> and a piece of pie was, you know, not low calorie. Right. And why so, it just couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love to eat. I'm obsessed with eating. I'm obsessed with cooking. And I talk about that a lot on the blog, webonthefly.com. Like, I read so much about nutrition because it's really about nutrition. It's not so much about dieting. Like, I'm not so interested in dieting. Right. But I'm interested in nutrition. And I'm interested in eating for strength. And I'm interested in eating for energy and also for pleasure. Um, but, you know, making those three things come together, you know, and now that I'm creating the next generation of eaters uh-huh. with my kids, you know, nutrition is more important to me than ever, you know, and I've got like, you know, one kid who is completely on a caveman diet, you know, it's just meat and cheese and she's fine. That's okay. Easy. You know, <laughs> that's all she could eat for the rest of her life. The other one who's like naturally totally paleo, um, Another one who only wants to eat stuff that like looks pretty and that comes in that and that comes in a bag or a sleeve, so that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then a third one who, you know, eats so slowly, like, you know, I'm I'm flipping off the lights and, and, and going to bed. I'm like, Okay. Mm. <laughs> I can relate to that one. The place have been cleared, people are like on the way to bed and I'm still halfway through, so I'm with her. But you know what? You have to take cues from all of them, and you have to take cues of everything that you want. And you know what, Libby? You will probably live a very long time eating that way. Um, I don't know why. I think it's maybe because I talk too much while I'm eating, but it's, it's, it's uncanny. I'm the last one at the table, but I love that you do that, and I love that you are incorporating, you know, the enjoyment of eating because um, an old friend of ours, told us this, that, like, when her dad was dying, she was, you know, just talking, having those last moments, and he was like, I wish I would have eaten, like, enjoyed food more. Like, you know, screw it, it's a cheeseburger, I'm gonna have, you know, whatever. But I think the enjoyment, incorporating that into everything else you're talking about is incredible. Yeah, you know, so you just have to, yeah, and you have to hit the right balance, because, you know, you don't want to die because you were eating a cheeseburger, or while you were eating or while you were eating one, that's how I will die. By the way, well, I don't know. <laughs> At Avalon <laughs> Diner, that's all I got. You better have to get a drive through. I will kill you. <laughs> Although you'll probably die in a Mercedes, I won't be that mad. But <laughs> I do not want to. Find no, you. Nilsie, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't <laughs> have that. It's like my girlfriend Christy Clark when in, when we're in Palm Beach and every now and then we'll go to that big shopping mall in West Palm Beach and you'll hear mm-hmm. a car horn that's just like Aang. and I'll just look at her and go we've got a beeper which means somebody has literally died and hit their forehead is against their steering wheel on their horn and so and now like and, uh-huh, that's not so. right so now anywhere we are when we hear a car horn we both look at each, at each other and go whoop Got another beeper. So I'll try not to die in the line at Whataburger, Veronica, because I do I do pull through Whataburger with some regularity. And by the way, Veronica Webb has been to Houston. 
Yes, we went down there, Neil. I forgot. I can't, I went with you. Yes. And it was for a charity. Uh huh. And we went ice skating. We did. It was an event. At uh, well, I went ice skating. You did not. No, that's correct. But it I was, love that, Veronica. I was um, I was I figure skated for like. 17 years of my life. Miss like Libby Cagle yeah. was a professional ice skater, Veronica. Well, it, oh it, my it took gosh, a lot of my life. Awesome. So you like skating? I, I read that that's one, that was one of your exercise ideas Definitely. one year. Yeah, I took up figure skating three years ago. I love that. Me too. It's, it's such a fabulous sport. So what else did y'all do in Houston? Um... We had martinis and we ate barbecue. We did. Oh my God. What else does one need? Mary and Vincent Kikarillo had sponsored this, um, or were chairing this charity thing, which I've kind of forgotten now which one. Houston's so philanthropic and everyone's so generous here. Um, and Veronica came down and we had a good time and I loved having her in my hometown, uh, of course. And then um, uh, we've had some fun. And a whole bunch of places. You know, all I remember is that we had um, barbecue and drinks every day. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Speaking of Houston being so philanthropic, you know, you guys should actually uh, uh, join up with us at Delgado because we do amazing charitable programs for people. Um, we're doing one now with Memorial Sloan Kettering that when people come in with their jewelry, um, on top of the purchase price that we give them for jewelry that they want to resell, then Delgado also donates an additional 10% of the purchase price to the charity of, um, to, to Memorial Sloan Kettering or, or also to the charity of your choice that we partner with. Um, wow, that's amazing. For colleges and private schools where, you know, people can just, um, Text us right away. They can they can text us a picture of their jewelry, and then um, and then they can uh, get an estimate, and we can write a check to their school. We'll send them a we'll send them an insured label to get the um, to, to get the jewelry to us, and then we'll send them and then we'll send them or their institution um, a check. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. And it's so easy because everybody's got something, you know, from a gold chain to a Rolex to sure. a great grandmother's engagement ring that no one's going to use anymore to, you know, uh, sapphire cufflinks or, I mean, you and know. The name of that business is Delgado? Yep, D-E-L-G-A-T-T-O. And okay. it's com. Uh, and he's Love such that. a. And wait, what was the website? Guy. Delgado. Del D E L dash G A T O dot com. Del dash G A D E L dash G A T T O dot com, for Veronica's mm-hmm. husband Chris Delgado and and all, his his fabulous business. Um, you know, there are just times when you just want something new, and you're like, ah. Eh. I, yeah. I, I can't. I don't want to wear this anymore. I want something new. And how, how do I? convert what I have now to what I would like to have tomorrow and Chris Delgado's the guy that can make that happen. You know, I, I love the website I'm looking at now. It's very um, well done. How great. What a great resource. 
yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we do, you know, we buy, you know, we buy, we're, you know, in New York, we're right next door to the Cartier Mansion. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. really yeah. yeah, if you're looking for something new, uh, <laughs> you know, speaking of in and out, and, you know, we buy everything, you know, we, we have these really fun buying trips where we go to Europe and we buy from the royal families there. Um, you know, we buy from, you know, lovely housewives that drive in from Pennsylvania and they have, you know, um, and they have uh, a ring that maybe someone gave them in college. Uh, you know, we help people out a lot when they want to, you know, when they want to, like, have a, an amazing experience. Like, they want to go on a cruise or they want to, you know, take a trip around the world or something like that. You know, we help them identify the assets that they already have that can be turned into experiences. That's pretty cool, too. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a nice business. It's a sweet business. There's a lot of happiness in it. Right. That. Well, there's a lot of jewelry um, in Texas. Yes. <laughs> right, there is a lot of jewelry in Texas. Um, so, Veronica, you have your blog, web, on thefly.com. You have, you and your husband have your jewelry business. What, what else is on the horizon for Veronica Webb? You know, um, I've been taking some meetings at Google because, you know, Part of the reason why I started my blog was my kids kept coming home with no books and no papers and no nothing. And I'm like, what do you, you know. Did you go to school today? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And where's your homework? And they were like. Right. And then, you know, my eight-year-old shows me her phone. This is My 10-year-old shows me her phone a couple years ago. She's nine or ten. She's like, Mom, I did it all, you know, right here on my phone. I'm like, what? So, right. you know, <laughs> you know, and then it dawned on me, well, if this is why I'm paying for you to learn in school, because, you know, private school ain't cheap, nope. um, you know, this must be where the economy is going. So, you know, I'm, so, you know, I'm, I really got more into the digital space. You know, I taught myself how to do a blog, um, you know, and do, and, and do it well. I'm not a digital native, you know, I'm 52 years old, so it, it didn't come to me intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank God I have kids because those are my living IT people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're lucky. True. You're so lucky. And then, you know, I'm looking around my house and I'm realizing that, you know, and we keep hearing about, you know, girls who code and you have to learn how to code and, you know, the public schools in Palo Alto, they teach you how to code when, you know, you're still in vitro and right. um, <laughs> totally. That's hilarious. Day, um, I have zero knowledge of how to write any type of code. And when I look at my microwave, when I look at my washing machine, when I look at my dryer, um, you know, practically when I start to look at, you know, uh, um, you know the, the thermostat and even the blow dryer, everything has a motherboard in it. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, I'm not going to be able to fix anything in my house if I don't know at least a little bit of coding. Sure. You know, because you want to stay relevant in the economy, but you also want to stay relevant in your own home. 
you know? And my dad was like an electrician when we grew up, and we had to know how to fix everything. My father was like, I don't want you calling somebody and spending money. You better know how to put in a carburetor. You better know how to, you know, work on the broiler. And, <laughs> um, you know, and now I realize, like, I don't know how to work on anything, really. Uh-huh. Right. So... The next thing is, is I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to spend a little time, uh, learning how to do some basic coding so that I'm in step with what's happening now. And then in the middle of June, I'm going to the Brilliant Minds Conference, which is a big tech conference in Sweden. And, That's um, amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm speaking there. Oh, and Wow. Yeah, and I'm, you know, and I'm talking about how, um, you know, fashion and technology intersect. Um, and, you know, in my case anyway, which is, you know, creating a blog. Right. Um, and how, you know, increasingly how you get more and more information about fashion, whether it's um, news or how to actually buy things. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. And then, you know, looking forward, um, you know, just continuing to really try to build this blog and have a larger audience and a larger impact. And then I've got, you know, these, these four people, my four kids who they're almost, you know, in, in four years, I'm going to be an empty nester. God. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so you know, every, so um, it's like every day really, really counts now. Sure. Because I'm going to let them loose on society in a minute, and <laughs> you know. Yes, but that's. They're all yeah. going to be a gift to society because knowing you and knowing Chris, I know, and I know, I know, I know your children, and not well, but. Um, I know what a great job you guys have done separately before you became a blended family and together as a blended family. Um, you have a very special way of guiding Veronica. I, I'm telling you, you're, you, you're from the ethers or something. I don't know. You're just such a special person in every way. And I, you have enriched my life and for many years. And I, I love your blog web on the fly. And, um, I just have, I'm your, newest um, subscriber. I'm so excited. I've been, I've been, it's, oh, it's, it's a great so informative. I have so much great information. Congrats on that, because that's no easy task. <laughs> no. Thank you. And I follow oh, Veronica Webb on, on, on Instagram and every, all the social media platforms. And it, it's great, Veronica, because I get to see you every day because I miss seeing you every day. I miss seeing you too. You, you and your puppy every day, and I'm so glad that you have Libby. Libby, you're so sweet. Thank you for taking care of my meals for me. <laughs> oh, oh yes. I, you know, I just, I can't even say enough. As everyone knows, he is just my whole heart and soul, and we have a very special bond. And I, I know I'm not the first. I'm one of many, 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 many. But I'll take care of him till you can get to him next. Ah, I, I feel so loved. Well, you are, honey, child. There's a, like a billion of us, but you make each one of us feel like we're the only ones. Oh, that is so sweet. 
Well, you both I make me get feel down loved. There, Neil. I know it. Well, you don't come. Us, we have a lot more to offer, I think, now than barbecue and martinis. Although that's pretty amazing. <laughs> I think we can show Miss Veronica what Houston's turned into over the past few years. Else besides, you know, is there something else besides barbecue and martinis that matters? Well, not really. Not so much to me. But, Maybe you know, a margarita. There you go. I'm simple like that. <laughs> yeah. We could take you up to Round Top and you can meet Charlotte oh, and Scarlett, sure. which I can't. L- Libby, you better post some pictures of Charlotte and Scarlett. But trust me, I'm about to put on my boots. <laughs> one cannot go into the pastures with that boots on. Definitely and not. And take their picture. Um, I think it's nap time, so give me about 30 minutes, but it'll be up today, trust. <laughs> Let me ask you guys about. Um, let me ask you guys what you're reading and what you're watching on TV. Go ahead, Libby. Well, no, <laughs> Libby's been deeply involved in her business lately, but oh, yeah, I, I'm reading contracts, budgets, forecasts, and um, all of our consultants' notes these days, and that's that's about it. Oh <laughs> so my all god! Right, of course. Okay, and 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 the page boy is just in Texas, right? Or is it nationwide? We are just in Texas. We're right now in Houston and Austin. We're launching in Dallas in the fall, and um, both Lauren and I are native Texans. Um, she was she's a seventh generation Texan, and my family kind of is from Louisiana and Texas, and so we just feel like we need to stay where we know. And so we're going to do San Antonio and Fort Worth, and just hopefully commandeer Texas. We're certainly the leader in Houston. Um, and we have a wonderful, loyal clientele who, um, and, and wonderful and loyal professionals who work with us. And we take care of them as much as we take care of our clients, which is hugely important to our business. So, um, so far, so good. And, you know, you'll have to come down and we'll treat you to a little pampering. We'll, we'll shoot the blog down there. That's what we'll do. Oh, let's do oh, that. Good. Let's definitely mm-hmm. do that for sure, for sure, for sure. That would be fabulous. Well, Veronica, I'm reading our, our friend Plum Sykes' new book, um, Party Girls Die in Pearls. She was here the other, what is today, Thursday? She oh, was I here love it. Monday? Yes, Monday. Uh, she came, was in Houston and Burberry, gave a little cocktail party for her, and I went and saw, said hi to Plum, who's hysterical. I love that girl. And um, mm-hmm. her books are hilarious Bergdorf Blondes. And, yes, they are. And now party girls die in pearls. So that's what I'm reading. I'm trying not to watch too much news, but I'm I'm watching, of course, some Bravo, because you know we got to have a little a little Bravo <laughs> fix here, right? Um, are you watching Drag Race? No, I have never watched RuPaul's Drag Race, but um, I feel like some days that's my life. So maybe. I just, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Neil, oh that's Lord! Um, right in drag repair is my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, there's some great drag shows that happen in New York. I'll tell you that. Woof. Mm-hmm. And one of them's called Real Housewives of New York. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I, didn't. <laughs> I did not say that. I didn't hear. That. Okay. <laughs> well, Veronica Webb, oh my darling, precious friend and superstar. Thank you for being on Neil and Libby today. It has been super fun. Anytime. Thank you, Libby. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Veronica, thank you so much. This was such a treat and loved hearing more about your 
past life and future life and best wishes, and I can't wait to dive deeper into webonthefly.com. And um, we thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, everybody, you must go right now to webonthefly, W-E-B-B, on the fly, and engage with Veronica Webb on her fabulous blog. It is really super special. And thank you, and we will see you all soon. Thanks for listening, guys, and thank you again, Veronica. Thank Thank you. you. Have a fly day. Bye. (laughs)